This is ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. And a very good afternoon to Professor Rolly Sussex, here to have a word in your ear. Good afternoon, Kelly. Now, before we get into today's topic, you uh, have a question that's been asked by one of our ABC colleagues. Right. This is about learnt and learned. Mm. T-O-E-D. And the story here is that there's a series of these, like dreamt and dreamed. Mm. The T ones are older and are old, stronger verbs. Well, sorry, they're old verbs in in English. And they're mainly British. And the E-D ones were provided mainly for American English by Noah Webster in his dictionary in 1828. Mm. He cleaned up a lot of things, including Plough is P-L-O-W for the Americans, mm-hmm. and colour is C-O-L-O-R and so on. Not to mention labour, L-A-B-O-R, mm-hmm. which we got. The one that you've got to take care of is earned and earned. Now, it looks as if learnt and learned should give you a model for earned and earned, and the answer is no. Okay. Earned is wrong with a T. Okay. Earned, E-D, is the only right one. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the presence of learnt and learned is is keeps on lurking in the back of our minds. Oh, it's enough to send us in that direction, It's an it? analogy which sends mm. us in the wrong direction. So just watch out for earned and, and maybe score a point when someone gets it wrong and you can show a little knowledge. Yes, that's it. So w- what was the ruling then on learnt and learned either uh, depending I, on Either you is go. fine and mm-hmm. um, our sources in Australia allow both. Yep. Try and be consistent. Uh, some people prefer the American version, others prefer the, the British one. Mm. On the whole, people don't even pay much attention anymore. It's just one of the ways in which things can vary. Yep. All right. Now, you're talking about polysemy this week. Polysemy, P-O-L-Y-S-E-M-Y. It's from Greek. Literally, it means many plus sign. Mm -hmm. But it really means that a word has acquired extended meanings. Now, this isn't isn't like synonymy. Synonyms are words which are totally different, Mm -hmm. like high and tall, which both mean vertically extended mm. uh, and they come from totally different sources but they happen to have been, happen to have pretty close meanings not entirely you know how how tall is this person how high is this person eh? how mm. high is the mountain yes how tall is the mountain no, no. building high or tall high, high. Oh, no, you could go both uh, this is yeah. the interesting thing mm. these are collocations where yes. you know what word can combine with what other word they do mean roughly the same thing but mm. there, there is a there is a view that there are actually very few real synonyms in english because almost always there's something which will distinguish the two meanings yes in polysemy okay. it's one word which has extended itself mm-hmm. so that a good example is school Right now, the school is at the corner of the road. That means it's a physical thing built of stone or bricks or whatever. Right. On the other hand, the school fired the teacher. Mm. The stone and bricks didn't do anything. This is the institution, which is the school. So mm-hmm. it can be a place. It can be an institution. And then you might say a school of thought, which mm. is abstract. And it means people who believe a certain something or other. Yeah. Okay. Well, people can be schooled. People can be schooled, in mm. meaning trained up in trained, something. Yes. Yep. And you can, you know, your schooling was such and such. Um, Another interesting one is mouse, uh, Mm -hmm. originally a furry cheese eater, small and and so on. Yes. But then it became a computer accessory because it actually Mm. looks like one. It's something round with the tail thing out there at one end. So it became the the computer mouse. But it also, of course, means person who's very timid. Mm. So-and-so is a real mouse, meaning they're not going to say boo to a mouse. Okay. Um, C <laughs> yep. is it can work with verbs as well. C means visual contact, mm-hmm. but I don't see why. 
that's not visual seeing, that's mental seeing, yes. understanding. And if I say, I'll see you out, mm. that's got nothing to do with either of the other two. It means I'll accompany, accompany you to you. the exit, wherever that might be. Mm. And there are whole stacks of these things, like um, there's an animal versus meat pairing. So mm. the lamb is gambling in the field. Yes. John ate the lamb. Mm. Now, it can mean John ate the little thing that had been gambling in the field, but it also, also refers to the meat. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing here is that beef is the name of meat, but not the animal. Mm. We don't often like to call the meat we're eating by the name it is when it's alive. Well, we, no, we, we veal, a, veal and pork likewise. Mm. Although I have heard some people say at the barbecue, give me some cow. Mm. Meaning gives a bit of that steak. Yeah, it's a kind of joke. It is, but they, yeah, and they're being a bit deliberately rough with it. Yes. Yeah. The interesting thing there mm. is that Sir Walter Scott, in his novel *Ivanhoe* in the early nineteenth century, mm -hmm. noted that the the words for the animals, like pig and sow and bull and so on, are all Germanic. They come from the old English language, mm -hmm. but the words for the fee feed, that like pork. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, and veal and so on come from French, oh. which would suggest that even then the French had a certain edge in cuisine. The food. Yeah. Mm. Got some more. Yes. Uh, there's an apple on the table. That's a particular fruit. Mm -hmm. But there's some apple in the salad. That's not so much the fruit, but the result of mm. what is done with the fruit to make it edible. Um, there was cheese. Th there was a cheese on the table. That means a physical thing, maybe round. But there's cheese in this fish. In this fish dish, I don't like cheese. Mm. That means the substance rather than the, the thing uh, consolidated into a block. Yep. Mary watered the fig in the garden. That's mm -hmm. a tree. tree. Mary yes. ate the fig. That's mm. the fruit. And if you think about it, oh, yes, another one I like. Mary broke the bottle. Mm -hmm. Glass. The baby finished the bottle. Contents. Oh, yes. Now, these things are all over the show. Mm. And it's just as well they are. Because if we didn't have polysemy, you'd need a different word for the glass bottle, say, and the mm. contents of the bottle. And we'd have so many words that no one could remember them all. The, the latest count of, of English is over 670,000 core words been rising mm. uh, of words that have ever been in English. The Macquarie comes out at about 112,000 for current Australian English. It's an awful lot of words. If we didn't is. have polysemy, I, I would guess it might be two or three times bigger. Mm. And we simply couldn't remember them all. Whereas having something like fig tree, fig fruit, mm. apple tree, apple fruit, and so on, there's a pattern there which is regular, which you don't get with synonymy. Synonyms are unpredictable. They come from wherever. So, Rolly, with, with polysemy, does it exist in other languages oh, yes. as well? They're yeah. doing the same Very thing. Very much so. Mm -hmm. And it, it, uh, sometimes what is a what is a polysemy in English isn't a polysemy in another language and you can get caught up. Mm -hmm. You say weird things which sound very strange. Um, but on the whole, this pattern is, is very, very common in all the languages I've ever looked at and it's part of the way we extend meanings. And after all, the computer mouse is, I think it was invented by, I believe, Doug Engelbart uh, yeah. in about 1970-something, maybe even earlier at Xerox Park uh, in America. This is the, the research branch mm. of Xerox at that stage. And so it's possible for get, to get new polysemies for new things which have been invented and which need a name. And after all, we couldn't have guessed then that the mouse would become so enormously 
popular. I mean, there are discarded mice all over the place now, or rather my mouses. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and it's interesting that we do, in, in many cases, with new technology, try to hook to something that yes. already exists. Oh, yes. It makes sense to mm -hmm. do that. Well, um, you know, this is a microphone I'm talking into, but in this mm. place you can mic someone up, yes. meaning to fit them with a microphone. Mm. And again, to mic someone up usually means that it's attached to them to with them. a little transmitting box or whatever. So mm. this is, again, noun for verb, but it's not done a little jump with it. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and screen, of course, is another one. Mm. Well, that's it. You can screen a film or you can put a screen up. Or that's right. Well, let's have mm. a look. Now, the screen was originally a sort of barrier made mm. of wood or material to separate parts of a room into sort of mm. subrooms, as it were. But then we got the VDU and we got all those screens which go with it. Mm. My very favorite example is Icelandic because when they got the VDU, they wanted to know what to call it. And the Icelanders are paralytic about borrowing foreign words. They don't mm -hmm. do it. Right. So they looked around and they say, what have we got that looks a bit like a sort of a window type thing? Mm -hmm. Now, in Iceland, they need something which is transparent, which keeps the wind out because it's very cold and they, you know, they, there's a lot of wind. Yep. And the word that they used for the VDU is skjar, which is the amniotic sac of a cow. Right. Which is transparent mm -hmm. and which keeps the wind out and which is now the name for a VDU because it's sort of bent and transparent. And it's a lovely polysemy, which they have created to avoid borrowing a foreign word. Oh, right. They are hard. Next aren't time they? you look at the amniotic sack of a cow, think of the Icelanders. Yes. Next as you, time. As you do, yeah. yeah, next time I look at the amniotic sack of a cow. Sack of a cow. As one does. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be the first time. The next time. Henry from Sandgate is on the line, Rolly. Sussex Rolly having a word in your ear this afternoon on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Hello. Hi. Uh, listen, um, I'd be interested in your view on this. One encounters the word hotel, history, what have you, mm. and often you wonder, do I say an hotel or a hotel, mm. an history or a history? And then one would come to the word help, such as you will be a help if you did that. I wondered, has it been settled as to whether you use the word an or a before a word beginning with H that's followed by a vowel. Very well put. Okay. Uh, with a word like help, this comes from Old English, and the H was in, present in Old English, and we've just kept it going. So that one is clear. That is pronounced with an H. Uh, not Ooh. for Kelly and me a H, by the way. No. 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 But that's another story. <laughs> Hotel was borrowed from French, where it is spelled H-O with a, a circumflex mm. T-E-L, and it was originally Hotel, and Lord mm. Peter Whimsey and, you know, Dorothy Sayers novels, you would put up at an hotel around about 1910, 1920. But gradually the H has become pronounced more fully, if you like. And so nowadays H counts as a consonant. Therefore, we say a hotel. Mm -hmm. And if you say an, well, I think an hotel, pronouncing the H sounds very strange. An hotel would be the old way. A hotel is the modern way. And then you get history. And the rule goes like this. If the word is stressed on the first syllable, like history, mm -hmm. that makes the H pronounced with a lot of energy, counts as a consonant, a history. I'm writing a history of the South Bank. But if it's, if it's not stressed on the first syllable, historical, mm. then it depends on how much prominence you give the H. So it's either a historical, a historical, or an historical. And the more you make it an and, the weaker you mm. make the H. And both are now allowed. An historical is on the way out. 
and a historical is on the way in. It's growing. Mm. I would have thought it was the other way around. Mm. Interesting. Um, and Extremely interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so this one is in flux at the moment. Has it's it been in flux. flux for a long time, though? I mean, was, was it's it? It's been in flux for the last fifty years or so. Oh, okay. But some more complicated words with with which are not stressed on the first syllable, like hysterectomy. Mm. Uh, I think is is. Uh, I would never say and hysterectomy. No, I don't think you ever. would. It's because no. it's pronounced with a clear H, mm. and it's it's foreign. It's borrowed, and we we I think tend to give the syllables perhaps a, a fuller value mm. than you would with historical, which is a very familiar word. So stress rather than stress is what's important. Vowel or consonants. And so where stress they is on the first syllable, a history. Stress is somewhere else. Mm. Uh, it can either be an or a, depending on how prominent you make the H. Great question, Henry. Thank yep. you. Good answer. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Henry from Sandgate. Faye's at Howard. Afternoon, ha Faye. Afternoon, Kelly and Rolly. Look, thank you very much for this show. I just love it. I really do. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, I'm, a, I'm a pedant from way back, as my kids would tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we were, uh, something came up the other day when I was talking to someone. We were talking about the word extraordinary um, and whether, whether it is pronounced extraordinary, which is the way I've normally said it, mm -hmm. or extraordinary, yep. and what it actually means because if something is extraordinary, it just seems rather strange. Uh Okay. Yeah. First of all, I've got a geographical question. I have a little house at Burham Heads. Has that fire gone away? It's not very far. Um, it's fairly, fairly close, but the fire is um, under control. It's in with containment lines. The last Lovely. Night. Thank you. I'm, I, I am know. reassured. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so in thanks, I will tell you about extraordinary. Yeah, yes. Extraordinary or extraordinary? Okay. The favourite pronunciation is extraordinary, mm -hmm. as if the A wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But historically, you're quite right. It comes from extra, which is Latin and means beyond or outside, mm. and ordinarius, which means ordinary. So something which is beyond the ordinary. Mm. And it was extraordinaries originally. And yep. you can say extraordinary, not extraordinary with a big glottal stop in the middle, but extraordinary. Uh, uh, extraordinary. Mm -hmm. That is, um, it's listed in the dictionaries, but it's not the favoured pronunciation, which should be extraordinary, as if the right. A wasn't there. Okay. okay. There yeah, you go. That's, that's how I've been saying it. So were I'm you happy. being questioned, okay. Faye? Was no, it was just somebody raised it on Facebook. One of my friends had raised it. She hmm. was saying about what an unusual word it was. And um, Now, whether she'd had a few drinks at that time, I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> it was something that she decided to, to raise. And we, we got quite a bit of discussion going on about it. All right. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, um, Faye. Okay. Faye, if you've Thank got you. a decent dictionary, if you mm -hmm. look, under, look at Extraordinary and look at the end of the entry, sometimes they tell you where it comes from and they'll have extra as one part and then ordinary as the other and you can see how the word came about historically. Oh, thanks very much. Okay. okay. Right. Thanks, Rolly. Thanks, yeah. Kelly. Bye. You're welcome. Ian's at Brisbane. Hello, Ian. Hello, yes. The expression you wanted to ask about. Yes, is Rolly there. I am. Yeah. Yes, Rolly, thank you very much. Um, an expression we don't hear very much today is I couldn't care less. Mm. And we generally mean oh, I don't care, you know. Mm -hmm. yep. But the original meaning was the opposite. I care very, very much, thank you. Um, and it goes back to the days when the um, Spitfire pilots spent many hours patrolling the skies over Britain, and when the lads landed, they were completely exhausted. Mm. And they were asked, how are they? They said, I couldn't care less, which means they care so very much that uh, they were exhausted. 
Now, I just wonder if all that is correct, but you know? I don't think so. Um, uh, unfortunately, this, this sounds like a folk etymology, which is the term for a plausible story, but when you look a bit closer, it doesn't quite stack up. Now, this one is really unusual because mm. I couldn't care less means uh, th- this, this couldn't possibly make me less worried. Mm. And it's, I couldn't care any less than I already that's do. That's right. In other words... Mm. No, don't don't give a don't give a, a hoot. Mm. The Americans say I could care less. Exactly. Don't they? Yeah. yeah. The Americans say I could care less, which is actually illogical mm. because it could it means that there is another level of 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 uncaring, if you like, beyond that that I've already got to, mm. which means that this isn't the worst that could be. I can imagine mm. something rather worse than that. So you you say that to the Americans and they look a little bit puzzled and say, well, that's just the way it is. Mm. And of course, it is an idiom, but when you take it to bits. Our version this time is more logical yes. than theirs. Yay. So where did it come from then? Do we know it, it, it's, its origin? I don't know the original. I doubt if the Spitfire story is right. But mm. a lot of things came from the, the forces, particularly during the First World War, by the way. Mm. Um, the, the diggers in, in the trenches of, uh, of Flanders and so on gave us all sorts of stuff. So I will chase up the, the story and see if I can find a date on it. Thank you, though, Ian. Well, thank you very much, Holly. Right. Mm. Right. Well, you never know, do you, when you're reading something as to whether or not what you're reading is true, whether it did have the beginning. The that trouble you're is told? that some some of the some of the stories, a bit like the origin of Pom, mm-hmm. uh, no, which is probably from Jimmy Grant, which was a an early rhyming slang for a pomegranate, mm-hmm. from which we get Pom. Yep. That's the probable origin of the word pom, meaning someone from England. Mm-hmm. Um, posh, which was supposed to be port out starboard home, and you were meant to want to be on the port side of the ship coming out from England and the starboard side going home, home. facing north. Uh, probably rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, a posh was a, uh, a dandy and a young gentleman of foppish ways. Mm. And so posh meant someone who, who had a certain amount of airs and some style. Posh is a good word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't use it so much as we used no, to. No, no. But, yeah, still still a good way of describing somebody who might be just a bit posh. Yeah. Jude is at Ellie Beach. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. Such a pretty part of the world you are in. Oh, we're in paradise. Mm. What's that? We're in paradise. You are. Absolutely. <laughs> but, uh, what, what word did you want to know about? My husband likes an occasional stout, Kelly, and he's mm-hmm. very interested in the origin of the word portagaff. And what what drink is that? It's a stout, I believe, with a dash of lemonade. A portagaff. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's also called a shandy gaff sometimes, but it is actually a shandy, and it's um, it's beer and lemonade or ginger beer or beer. Sorry, beer with lemonade or beer with ginger beer. Well, he um, particularly drinks it with stout, Rolly. Okay, Ooh. well, stout is a sort of beer, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know where it comes from. I will chase that one up. It's very un- 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 uncommon in Australia, whereas shandy, particularly in pubs, is very common. Mm, I yes. must have been haven't heard of a portagaff, but I'm not a big stout drinker, so... Yeah, mm. but it, it, it can... an old, old English expression? It could mm. be, yes. It, it, it certainly is... is Primarily beer and something like lemonade, uh, which makes it less potent. But I'll see if I can find out where it comes from. It Would sounds love to if yep. you could. Mm. Thank w- you. Listen next week and I'll, I'll dig it out for you. I'd always do. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jude. Bye. And Nathan's at Callumvale. Hello, Nathan. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Rolly. Your Hello. question. Uh, the worst two famous words here we use, including Kelly, the anyhow and whatever, mm-hmm. are these Australian? 
Ah, um, they're used in certainly in British and American English, uh, particularly whatever, which is an American expression, mm. and it means you, you you put it in after saying something, meaning um, I don't care either way. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it, it it it's going to rain or it's not going to rain, whatever. Meaning mm. it doesn't matter to me. I couldn't care. Yes. Um, anyhow. Is was made famous in Australia by a, a, f- a cigarette commercial years ago. Yes. Anyhow, yeah. have a Winfield. That was the one mm. with Paul Hogan. Yeah. And uh, so it's uh, both of these are, are part of. International. I was a child when that ad was on. Yeah, but it's and I never smoked, and yet still it remains. You remember, that's right. Mm. With a very, very good bit of advertising yeah. strategy because when you can take an ordinary word and own it mm. and attach yes. it to a product, you know, basically any time. Anyone of my generation or your generation and my older generation now use the word. We think of that. We do. Even it's though we're not smokers. The car company, you know, oh, what a feeling. We all That's know right. how that is. Yes. So anyhow is, I think, much more general. Whatever is definitely American, well spotted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's become very popular here as a way of saying, um, you know, I, don't, I don't, couldn't give a hoot. There we go, Nathan. Right. Oh, thanks, Kerry. Thanks, Willie. Okay. Welcome. I've got another, another polysemy for you, which is very common. Um, Canberra, mm-hmm. for example, means both the place and the government. Yes. So, you know. Come out of Canberra. That's right. Mm. Meaning that has come from some governmental source or whatever, or some parliamentary yes. source, some political source, whatever. Mm. And that happens with um, Moscow, the White House, with the uh, Kremlin. The, well, mm. the White House is a place, yeah, or it's a. It's Downing a, Street. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and once again, if you had different words, or a, even a more complicated phrase, mm. you know, material emanating from the White House, blur, no, the White House says it's much easier. Mm. Uh, it saves us a lot of trouble and makes the language far more efficient, actually, than it would otherwise be. Yep. And and we understand these things, and they, they make good sense. Yep. Apparently, Portagaf, according to Jim at Tanamera, is port and lemonade. Okay. In mm. which case, where does the gaff come from? Mm. One, will, one will check. Yes, Rolly uh. will be doing homework. And last one for today, Peter at Rabina. Mm-hmm. Hello. Greetings and good afternoon. Mm. Um, Rolly, pronunciation of the word the, T-H-E, mm-hmm. I was drummed at school and by my parents that... Uh, if the word following T-H-E started with a vowel, generally it was pronounced the yes. and not the. But mm-hmm. too many times these days we hear people talk about the ocean, the orange, and the apple, okay. which mm. I was told never create a pause where you don't need it. But you, the way you pronounce them, you actually haven't put in a pause. You, you didn't say the apple, but you said the apple. Apple. Well, that creates the pause. That creates the pause. The pause is called a glottal stop, and it's actually a consonant in some languages, like Arabic and Hebrew. Right. Mm. And so, if you do make the pause, then you've made it, if you like, liable to the. Okay. That's the, that's the, that's what's happened to it. Uh, but the basic rule, as you stated, is perfectly correct. If there's a vowel following the apple, if there's a consonant following the book. Good. Still Thank holds. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank, okay. Thank thanks you, Peter. Your, yeah. Your By the way, the the language. glottal stop is very Thank common. You, Peter. In, the glottal stop is very common in English. We don't write it, but any word mm. starting with a vowel, like apple, we normally put a glottal stop in front of it. Apple. Apple. Uh, 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 mm. Apple. You can hear it. All right. It's mm. not apple with a with a crescendo, apple. but apple. It's got mm. a, uh, and that is then in fact what is heard as a consonant in some other languages. Oh. So there you go. Very interesting. Rolly Sussex, do you have a last word for us? Of course, yes. Horrible and horrific are roughly the same. So why are terrible and terrific totally different? Mm. Going to be thinking about that for days now. A silence fell upon them. Mm.
Good afternoon. You're with Kelly Higgins Divine on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland.